if you really don't trust a person, just calmly walk away. Hopefully you trust that person, right? Hopefully you didn't do nothing to that person during the week. They think I got this dude now, right? All right, so at the count of three, we're going to do this. At the count of three, Petey's going to count to three, and you guys are going to fall. Mind you, you cannot bend your legs, all right? Don't bend your knees. One, and trust, right? two, three. Alright, so we're gonna switch now, right? We're gonna switch. Alright, guys, ready for the switch? Tina's gonna count again, and we're gonna switch, all right? Hold on. A la una. A las dos. A las one, two, three. All right, Alex, all right. you're going time out. That's it, Alex, you're going time out. All right, all right, everybody, go ahead and make your way back to your chairs, please. Thank you very much. Thank you for participating in our show. Right. So if you guys can stay up, I mean, it's not that many of us, if you guys can fill up the first two rows, that would be very appreciated, right? Moving Who's excited for Elevate today? Y'all right. weak, man. Y'all are weak. Who's excited for... Let's get a wave going on. Starting from this way to this way, right? Who's excited for Elevate? Let's get a wave. Woo! Oh, my goodness. You guys never did a wave? That's messed up, man. This is Elevate, man. We do this every Friday at 7 p.m. And, um... That's what we do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, y'all. So everybody knows our vision here is loving yes. God, loving people, right? Yes, yes. yes. And we want to talk about this loving God, loving people for about a good 10 seconds right now, man, because this is very serious, all right? How many of you guys had a very good or bad week? Okay, I had a very bad week. My love was tested this week in a lot of areas, man, with the homosexual, homosexual agenda and the persecution of Christians. I've been really, really hurt this week. And I still have to love, amen? I don't know what I'm talking about. When somebody irks you so much, it goes under your skin, and yet you still have to love, okay? And that's the kind of love that we're talking about here at Metro Praise. That is the love that we want to practice, loving God, not just because he's good all the time, but even when God seems to not be there, we still love God because we know that he loves us first, amen? And also with the people, even though people seem not to love us, and they seem unlovable, we still love them. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. All right, so when that person's throwing, you know, spitballs at you or whatever he's doing, he's firing, he's really cutting up, you still gotta love that person, amen? With the love of Jesus, all right? So we're gonna move on. All right, all right, so then we got our strategy, and part of that is showing love, God's love. How we love God is by connecting people to the cross, mentoring them with the word of God, and then sending them out to go tell others. So. How many of you know that loving God and loving people means you go and you share the gospel, right? How many of y'all know that? How many of you have shared some of the gospel this week alone? All right, all right, all right. That's good. That's good. So you know that's that's our main our main cue is just emphasize on that. I know you guys hear it every week. 
But how many of you that know that once you hear something every single week, it could get like da 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 da, and it's just like a broken record, right? Or a broken MP3 player nowadays, or iPod or whatever. Those things get broken too, by the way. Anyway, so we don't want that to happen. We want you guys to really put this in your heart this week. Loving God, loving people, dude. Like people that you just want to turn around and then like smack across the head. Gotta love it. We gotta love it, alright? And then, uh, the next, oh, can we go back? The next one is mentor. Alright, so another way how we do it in Mentor Praise, we connect and then we mentor you guys through the one on one and the two on one. How many are in one on one? If you can show hands. One person. One on one. Who's in the one on one? Awesome, man. So that's how you mentor people through the one-on-one, and then you graduate to the two-on-one. The one-on-one is not to get, you know, all up in your grill, you know what I mean, and seeing what you want and give you a whole bunch of list of rules and the do's and the don'ts and Christian hands, you know. It's to get you mentored so you can know what you're doing, okay? So you can know who you're serving, who really is your Lord, who really is your king. All right, does anybody know who's the Lord and your king? Who's their master in their life? You gotta really, really think about that when you guys get home. Who, who really is my Lord? Who really is my King? You know what I mean? When it comes out to it, is it the Xbox? Is it PS3? Is it my girlfriend? Is it my boyfriend? You know what I mean? Is it school? Is it my teacher? You know what I mean? These type of things. So mentoring helps you find out who, you know, who is really Jesus in your life and how to make Him Lord and King in your life. Amen. All right, then uh, we go ahead and send you out, and that leads us to our goal, which is to make 100 disciples, 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches um, around Chicago and 500 around the world. So I want to just let y'all know that all of y'all are part of that, whether you know it or not. We pray. God answers our prayers. I'm really excited about that. Good vision. Uh, even though America's trying to crush the business of Christians, we got to stand up and say, no, I'm going to be accounted for. Amen? I'm going to do my part and bring whoever I can to be disciples. Amen? Amen? All right. So we go to the next all right, child. So this Tuesday, we have life groups, and we are having a Mexican fiesta. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Adam's got to wear a zimbrero. Y'all lucky right. I didn't come out here on the horn. No, All right. So we're going to meet at Adam's house at 6 o'clock. There's his number. So we're going to have a, a Mexican-style fiesta. We're going to have, I don't know what kind of food, but it's obviously Mexican food, right? I don't know exactly what, but... And then we're going to have games, and we're going to have fellowship and those good things. So you guys are all coming. I'm not asking you if you can come. I'm telling y'all, y'all all coming. I'm going to go yeah. get every single one of y'all. So wear your hats, wear your boots. Yes. Wear all Bring your little stuff, chihuahua. Right? Yes. You know? Put your blanket over you. Make a hole in the middle of your blanket. Put it over you. Make your way to Adam's house. There it is. Amen. So then we talked a little bit about starting the one-on-one class, and I'm really excited about the one-on-one. I had to go through the one-on-one myself. I was not exempt from that, you know what I mean? And, and being that I was been saved since 1999 until now, you think, man, why do I got to do the one-on-one? But you know what? I did it, and my, my wife and I did it together. We had to humble ourselves under the authority and to learn the basics of Christianity. And believe it or not, it actually changed our lives, and my wife's here to attest to that. Even though we were saved for so long, we went to the one-on-one and it literally changed our lives and took it to another level as Christians, amen? So I had to share that, man. This is not something like, oh, man, we got to do another thing for Metro Man, you know what I mean? Can you at least bring us, you know, give us a reward? Nah, the reward is knowing Jesus more, amen? That's the reward, amen? So I would encourage you guys to start that up. Tithes and offerings. 
Alright, we got tithes and offerings, y'all. How many of y'all know what tithes and offerings is? Alright, everybody stand up for me. Come on, stand up. Let's get out of our chairs. If y'all sleeping or your neighbor's sleeping, just kind of politely smack them across their heads. If you can do that, if it's possible. No, I'm just kidding. Alright, so we got uh, 10% of your total income. So how many of y'all get an allowance? Not just because, you know, I want to know. Right. So you get an allowance, you make some kind of income, right? How many, you know, 10% of that goes to the Lord because that's just, He provides for us to be able to get allowance, He provides everything for us, so we get 10%, right? So, and then after that is, whatever after that is your offering. So how much is 10% out of 50 cents? Five. How much is 10% out of five cents? Aha. Somebody doesn't know their math. Me. Okay. Don't ask All me right. that, man, because I was going to put it on the mic. All right, all right. So let's go to our scripture. And it is Acts 20, 35. So we're going to go ahead and recite this together. And then we're going to pray afterwards for the offering. Amen. All right. One, two, three. Acts 20, 35. Remembering, Remembering the, the words, words of the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. receive. Let's bow our heads. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, that you're the God who provides, Lord God. I can attest, Lord God, and testify of your goodness, Lord God, that you are a provider to those, Lord God, who give, Lord God, out of their abundance, Lord God, unto you, Lord. We pray that you would, um, whatever you put in the heart, Lord God, of ours, Lord God, that we will give that, Lord God, and give our part, knowing, Lord God, that you are faithful and just, Lord God, to keep your word and give back, Lord God, even more than we thought. Lord, we give you glory and praise for it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. My heart is overflowing with a good theme. All right, y'all can make your way up as we get ready to worship the most high. Y'all want to tithe? Go ahead and come on up. Come on up. You better repent. All right, all right, all right. Come on up. Come on up, everybody. We're going to get ready for worship. Come on up. My God, when you came out before your people, watch through the wilderness, the earth shook below. The heavens stopped at your presence, dropped rain. Five thousand years is still the same. So when the enemy comes at me with tactics of fear and faith, like the Lord cracked the sky and it gave forth rain, so my enemies will be made of the stool before the king. One by one, they'll fall as enemy armies march and sing. The Lord is a warrior to fight. All of his might, the enemy's fright and his triumph cries. I shout the victory over his enemies and hit before the Lord. He's like a man of war, his light will shatter the dogs from night. His triumph cries. Well, the Lord is my shelter from my enemies. I will not fear what they can do to me. In the struggle, I find strength for the fight. We'll raise the banner high until we break the night. With spiritual armor, but the weapons of this warfare are far from carnal, but mighty in God, but tearing down strongholds. Come on, who's excited to worship Jesus tonight? Come on. Come on, let's just open up in prayer. Father. We give you the highest praise, Lord. Jesus, you're so worthy of it all, God. And we just come before you now with, with just our hearts, really nothing to offer you, God, because you own it all. But we give you our hearts in this time right now. Come on, would you with me right now just surrender your heart? 
come on, just open it and say, man, Lord, you can come into this time and you can speak to me, Lord. I give you the highest praise, Jesus. We honor you. We bless you, God. Come and have your way, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Come and have your way. This first song is called, And I Belong to You. It's not called, And I Belong to You. It's just called, I Belong to You. Amen. It's a new song. We sang it maybe a couple weeks ago. And the whole gist of the song is basically this. I figure if you're going to sing a song, you just know what you're singing, right? A lot of the times growing up, we used to sing a whole bunch of nonsense. And we had no idea what we were singing. You know what I mean? Like, you all remember Daddy Yankee? Remember he talked about Dami Mas Gasolina? He wasn't talking about gas, you know? <laughs> but we sang it because, yeah, it's cool. It's on the radio. So I figured when we come to Christ and we're here and we're singing songs to God, let's sing something that we know what we're talking about. It's basically saying, God, I belong to you. And you guys can read it. You can be the one that steals my heart with just a simple thought of who you are. Let your light shine in the darkest parts. Let your love fill the world. If you guys ready for that, come on, lift your hands up. Close your eyes. Come on and just tell Jesus. Come on, tell him, God, I belong to you. Come on. Come on, say it. Come on, I belong to you, God. Come on, sing, you can be. You can be the one that steals my heart Just a simple thought of who you are Let your light shine in the darkest parts Let your love fill the world You can be the one that fills my heart Just a simple thought of who you are Let your light shine in the darkest parts Let your love fill the world See, now belong and I belong to you forever I belong to you and I belong to you forever I Let your words. Let your words be like a burning flame. Come and closer touch my heart again. The whole heart trembles at the sound of your name. Let your love fill the world. And all I want, and all I want is more of you. Your breath is life. Your word is truth. The glory here is bursting through. Let your love. The world. Sing, I belong, and I belong to you. Sing it out. Forever I belong to you. Oh, I belong to you. Forever I belong to you. Lift your voice, sing, I belong, and I belong to you. Forever I belong to you. And I belong to you. Forever I belong to you, you've said, you have set my heart on fire, my love, all my desire, 
It's only for you And as your glory fills its place Your love we will embrace It's only for you Sing it, I belong And I belong to you Forever I belong to you And I belong to you Forever I belong to you I belong I belong to you Forever I belong to you And I belong to you Forever I belong to you You said You have set my heart on fire My love, all my desires It's only for you And as your glory And as your glory fills this place Your love we will embrace It's only for you And I belong Every sin is wiped away in your light, in your life, oh Lord. Yes, I belong to you. Yes, I belong to you. Yes, I belong to you. Forever I belong. Come sing it out. I belong to you. I belong to you. We belong to you, Lord. Father, we just pray in this time, God, that as we worship you, God, 
those things that come to distract us, Father God, that, Lord, you would, Father, you would intervene, Father, and, Father, guard our minds and our hearts right now to worship you, Lord. Father, we want to go deeper in this place. Come on, who wants to worship God right now? Come on, pass the religious experience. Come on, let your heart cry out. Yes, I belong to you, Lord. I belong to you, God. Come on, lift your voice. I belong to you, Lord. You are Jesus, we lift you up. Oh, we lift you up. We sing it out. Oh, we lift you up, God. May you have your way. Come have your way. This next song is talking just about that. Come on, when eyes close. This next song is called Jesus, Let Me See Your Eyes. And Come on, just let him speak to your heart in this place. Sometimes it's hard to see Jesus. Sometimes you may be in this place and you say, man, I have no reason to worship God because my week's been horrible. But I just want to tell you a truth right now in this place. No matter your situation, no matter what you've been through, no matter your past sins, God doesn't change based on what you do. He remains the same. And so I just pray that in this time, God, you would help us to see your heart. Holy Spirit, come bring Jesus to our hearts and minds.
home with everything that you have. Jesus, let me see. Jesus, let me see. Come lift him up in this place. You all we want. You all we want, Lord. And Jesus, let me see your eyes. I won't feel your embrace. I feel you all around me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all around me. All around me, Lord. Oh, and my family. Back in my schools, oh God. I want to see you all around me. When I go to work, God, when I wake up in the morning, I want to see you, Lord. I want to see you, Lord. Oh, I want to see you. I see you everywhere I go. Oh, every day, oh God. I choose to follow you. We see you high and lifted up. We see you high. Come on, us the cry of our hearts this night. To see Jesus high and lifted up. In every situation that we go, come on. Whether you're at work, whether you're at school, come on. Come on, students, whether you're talking with your parents or whether you're talking with your teachers, it doesn't matter who you're with. Come on, we want to see Jesus high and lifted up. Oh, Father, we exalt you in this place, and God, we take this time to say, God, in our hearts, in this youth group, you're God. And that's not changing anything, God. It doesn't matter what type of day we have, God, we lift you up in this place. Well, this next song is talking just about that. Just lifting God up. Come on, would you just with me right now? We lift your hands in his place as we exalt God together. Come on. Come on, Jesus. You're so worthy of our praise, God. You're so worthy, Lord. Come on, you're so worthy, God. Oh, the way you died upon a cross. Oh, the way you called me back from my sin. Oh,
Come sing for thou, O Lord. For thou, O you with me exalt him in this place for thou Lord for thou oh Oh, 
time sing we exalt and we exalt God, we give you the highest praise in this place. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on. God, we pray that as we move on to what we have next, God, we don't leave your agenda. And Father, we pray, Lord, that as we grow closer in your word, Father, you open up our hearts and minds. Father, we don't want to leave here the same place for every person, Father, young and old. And Father, those in between. Father, we just pray, God, that for every person, God, you would speak to our hearts this night so we can see your son, Jesus. Cause you're all we're after. Come on, in Jesus' name. Come on, can you give him a hand clap of praise again? Come on. Amen, amen, amen. If you guys can do me the kind favor, you guys can make your way back to your seats. We're going to try to stay right here somewhere in the middle. So you guys can stay somewhere close in the middle. The first three rows, middle section. You guys can do me the kind favor. I'm sorry, I'm probably gonna make this clear enough. Everyone, stand to your feet. Come on and stretch them out. Go ahead and stand up. Amen, amen. Do me a favor. Take about maybe four seats sideways. So count four seats and then sit down because we want to see if everybody can switch and transition somewhere in between so I can stand right here and get a good look at everybody. So go ahead, move. Yep, yeah, yeah, amen, amen. Look to your neighbor if he ain't moving. Go ahead and push him. Give him a shove in the Lord and tell him that's God. Getting a little feedback somewhere. Maybe that's is that the bass man? It's always good to know. Well, it's here. It's gonna stay with us. Amen. Amen. How many are excited to be in the house of the Lord? I am. It's my birthday, and um, they say when you you're on your birthday and you're a pastor and you're preaching, you get a double anointing. So I'm gonna test that that theory, see if it's true. So if you see me start glowing. You know what it is. <laughs> That's the Holy Ghost. That's a double portion. Just don't touch me. You just might fall out. Hallelujah. Amen. So you guys can do me the kind favor. Open up your Bibles to John chapter 15. We're getting in the word of the Lord today. What God is speaking to our hearts. He's been putting this on my heart and I want to share it with you. And uh, I believe in a God that's alive. I believe in a God that speaks to people. I believe in a God who so totally cares about us and is involved in our lives. I believe in a God who redeems lives. And I believe in a God that has specific purposes and plans for your life. And being here, listening to this message is one of them. 
Hallelujah. He ties it all in. And, and I want to share this to you. If you. Before we do, let's just pray. Let's just say, man, God, this is what we're here for. We're here for just uh, Adam and the, his little theory of double anointing or the cool band and the, everything else. But, God, we're here for you. So let's just close our eyes and let's just come to him right now. Father, I, I thank you, God. And, God, I praise you because without you, I wouldn't be here because without you, I... I don't know what I will be doing, but God, I'm here, and, and I praise you. God, I pray, Lord, that tonight you would use me, Father, a vessel made of dust. Father, you would use me to, to uh, accurately speak your word, to preach your word efficiently to the youth. And, Father, I pray that your word will go down deep, God, and make, and make root in our hearts, and our lives will forever be changed. We give you honor, and we praise you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on and say amen. Amen. You got to be aware. Before we start, you got to be aware of the power that is in Jesus Christ. You got to be aware of the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe that when I preach the word of God, that when God's word goes out, not because I'm saying it, because it's God's word, that power goes forth. Amen. And it's not just like hearing another sermon, like you're sitting in a class and you're hearing your teacher. I believe that even when teachers speak, they impart something knowledge. But I believe that when the Bible is preached and everybody who's listening with open ears and open hearts, God's power goes into their lives and touches them and they're forever changed. And if you then apply, hold what God is saying and say, man, I'm going to I'm going to base my life. I'm going to then follow God. Your life will never be the same. And I kind of want to talk about that because, you know, this is Elevate. We love Jesus. Amen. Anybody love Jesus in this place? Amen. Amen. You know what? In the time when Jesus was on earth, you know, there's a lot of people that really didn't love Jesus. They really despised Jesus. And when you think about that, like, dang, who would, how could you treat Jesus so bad? And, and Jesus was such the guy you wanted to be around with. And these people called the Pharisees, they were the religious know-it-alls. I mean, if you were around a Pharisee, you didn't want to be around them because they had this aura about them. Like, I know it all. Like, you know what? You always felt bad around them. You always felt like, dude, this guy's like a jerk. And, and that's kind of the impression when you read the stories of the Bible. Like, that's who they were. Not every one of them, but that's what Jesus was rebuking them. And, and we get here in John chapter 15 and Jesus is speaking if you have a Bible how many of you guys got the real thing the actual Bible then pull, pull it up amen now, I'm not talking about the iPads <laughs> I'm not talking about 21st century media and technology I'm talking about like a Bible with words amen that's that's legit you know what I mean if you guys got the secondary go ahead and put the secondary up amen y'all got your iPads and your phones let me see them go ahead and put them up it's half and half I believe okay if y'all didn't bring your Bible and pointing at the screen, you're going to use that. Just go ahead and point at the screen. Let me see. Y'all didn't bring your Bible. Shame on you. <laughs> Some of the new visitors are like, I'm sorry. Hey, man, we love you too. It's okay. I'm bringing my Bible next time. There it is. John chapter 15. It's in red because Jesus is talking. And he says this. I love this. He likes talking in parables. And he likes making illustrations. He says, I am the true vine. Somebody say true vine. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that they will, even, they will be even more fruitful. Somebody say fruity. Come on now. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain. Somebody shout out remain. remain. Don't say it like you're awake today. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit. By itself, there's no I in team. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit 
unless you remain in me. What is Jesus talking about? Vines and fruit and trees and being cut off. Like, what is he getting at? Verse 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you remain in Jesus, you will be bearing fruit. Somebody say bearing fruit. Somebody say fruity. We're not like the kind of hey, but we're talking about the fruit where the God is in your life. And you know there's a difference when you've been saved because you are no longer the same person. It's evident by your speech. It's evident by what you do. It's evident by your thought life. It's evident by your worship unto God. And that's a big thing. Jesus knows that he's going around and Jesus is God. I love that because he's going, he's healing people. Demons are being cast out. And you're seeing all this. You're just like, whoa, what in the world is going on? Like, for, like, oh, my gosh. Like, is this really happening? Because these people lived in a time where they passed down tradition by word of mouth. So they knew of all the great things that had happened in the Old Testament, Moses and the prophets and all the great things God did, the miracles. And here they are seeing Jesus do miracles. And Jesus knows, man, there's going to be a lot of people following me because of what I can do for them. Like it's a handle, like, man, you know what? They like that trick. They're going to come up and see another healing. So Jesus says, listen, this is how you're going to know something's up in your life, that your life has changed. You're going to bear fruit bearing fruit and I want to talk to you today about that that subject about bearing fruit in God and what that looks like in your life man see here's I love the Bible because Jesus keeps it simple and I want to tell you a little story before I get any further how many of you guys ever went to kindergarten by a show of hand basically everybody so everybody's raising their hand all right, if you ever had a form of education that was equivalent to kindergarten, if you didn't, you missed out one of your greatest experiences in life because here's a story I remember in kindergarten. Um, you know, I went to a Christian school. I'm not sure if every school did this, but I just think maybe it was a little more specific because they were trying to teach us Bible. But we had a science experiment. And the science experiment, while everybody in the upper grades and everybody was doing like fancy stuff, you know, chemicals, volcano, like, oh, I've never seen that one, you know, all those science projects. and. I remember they would take the kids and they would just basically do gardening, right? I love this. Some of y'all know where I'm going with this. And um, they would give us those little styrofoam cups, all right? And what we would do, the teacher would go and get a whole bag of dirt, and she'll fill it up every, every, every cup with dirt. And, and we all sit down, and she's like, hey, guys, you guys ready for a science sprint? We're like, yay! We're all little kids. And I remember this because I was so excited. I'll tell you why how I remember this. Um, and I remember everybody's excited, and some people are just like, no. And, and then we get to the point where a teacher comes up. She says, well, we're doing a science experiment, and everybody's going to make a tree. We're like, what? It's like drawing trees. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she goes around, and she passes seeds. Passes seeds on tables. Seeds on tables. And here we go. Science experiment. Now, obviously, we had people to help us since we were so young. But we basically, the whole thing was we're supposed to take that little seed and put it in the dirt. And we were all fascinated with the idea of having an apple tree. Because when you're young, you're thinking like, man, I have an apple tree. I'll never need to go and get another apple. I'll have apples forever. You know what I mean? You're just like, you ain't going to get no apples from my apple tree. Like, you ain't getting no. And so you get the idea like, man. This is cool. 
And I went home that day, gave it to my mom. I said, Mom, I got an apple tree. She looks at there. She kind of knew what was going on. And, and I didn't know the process of, you know, how apple trees grow. I was thinking, you know, it's going to be there the next day. When I wake up and I, and I get ready to go to school, it's going to be an apple tree. I'm going to take an apple on my way to school. That's how you think when you're a child. It's just like boom, 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 boom. And um, so falling asleep, waking up the next morning, I was very disappointed. Very disappointed, and my parents, they did everything to help me because they put it by the windowsill to get light, and they told me, like, this is what you got to do, and I'm like, cool. So I wake up, and I'm like, Mom, and I'm, I'm calling, I'm like, what happened? It's broken. Like, why is, where's my apple tree? Someone took it. And she's like, no, 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 and I literally looking at things, it's just like, what's happening? She's like, well, no, you got to be patient. You got to water it. You know, you got to take care of it, make sure it gets sunlight, and I'm like, okay, tomorrow? She's like, we can check tomorrow. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So go to school, come back, maybe see nothing. This goes on for about a week, and I am losing my patience. <laughs> I've already lost my patience with day one. I'm just kind of making this story better. But I'm beginning to lose my patience. Like, this is, this is dumb. This is boring. But my mom didn't give up. She didn't give up on the thing because she knew I already, like, paid no attention. So she took care of it. And I remember after a couple of weeks, I just don't remember how long in time, but I remember my mom calling, Adam, and I'm just running. I go, look at your tree, your apple tree. And I'm running, thinking, like, there it is in the middle of the house. I'm picking apples. I'm climbing up. It. Best day of my life was not the best day of my life. It, all I saw was a little shrub come under. So upset. So upset. I'm thinking, like, where is this thing? And I remember, I, you're going to get mad at me. This is where story gets wrong. I killed the apple tree by digging in and pulling out the seed where you can see the little sprout. Yeah. And I looked at the entire thing. I'm just thinking to myself, like, they lied. <laughs> Everyone's a liar. I'm not trusting anybody. But my perception of how it was supposed to work was so off. Like, man, this is how it works. When you get an apple tree, you put it in the soil, you take care of it, it's going to have an apple tree the next day. You're wrong. Fellas, if you know anything about working out, you know that when you go to the gym the very first time and you're getting ready, be like, man, you know what? The summer is coming. It's getting nice. I want to look. I want to wear some tank tops. Hey, flex my muscles. And you're in there. You're struggling. Oh, the five-pound dumbbells. You're over here. Oh, getting it in. Oh. You know what I mean? When people come by, you go up to the 50, be like, I'm putting it down. <laughs> you know, but you think that, man, you know what? I'm putting in the work. The next day, everybody does it. If you ever got, you ever worked out, ladies, you're guilty of it too. You go into the mirror and we're like, you see a difference? I see a difference. <laughs> and after a week of working out, you think like, man, it's not working. <laughs> I'm not super swole. I'm not as fit as I wanted to be. And you're just getting all like and discouraged and you're losing hope. And literally it's pushing you away from wanting to work out because it's just like, what for? And and there's a lot of people in Christianity, and maybe you're here today saying, man, you know what? I find myself in the same place spiritually where I put in a lot of work coming to church, giving my life to Jesus, believing in a God I cannot see. It takes a lot of work when you really think about it. And, and sometimes we're thinking, like, man, you know what? By now I should be casting out demons. I should be, like, zapping people and they should be falling out. I don't know what your impression is of how it should work. But many of the times we get so discouraged because we see things around us. And, and maybe our lives have changed, but our circumstances and where we're at haven't changed. And we're thinking, like, what's the use? 
Like, man, isn't it supposed to be like, God, you're great, you're good, man, you love us, and everything is, like, man, when I I thought I gave my life to Christ, I thought my mom was supposed to love me now. I thought my family wouldn't treat me like this. Maybe, maybe God, like my my friends would love me more, or maybe I'd be the cool person. Maybe, maybe God, your, your perception of how it's supposed to work is off. And and we're getting discouraged. Or maybe you're in this place and you're bearing much fruit in Christ. And and a job well done. I just want to take you and put your attention to Galatians five, if you will, with me. Going on the subject of bearing fruit. Galatians five. Am I shining yet? Am I glowing? It's the light. <laughs> I told Ellie, man, if it don't work, and just turn off the lights and be like, oh, I told you. <laughs> just kidding. Galatians 5.13. It says it like this. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you yourself will be destroyed. Verse 16, so I say, so I say, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Some of you guys need to write that down on your arm, tattoo it on your forehead. I'm going to read it again. Verse 16, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. And then it gives you two lists. One list of the flesh, what the flesh bears fruit, and what the spirit bears fruit. And I want to bring something to your attention that living a life for Christ The Bible says it in John 15, if you abide in me, if you remain in me, you will bear fruit. If you do not remain in me, you will be cut off. Two truths that you learn in the Bible. First of all, Jesus is great. He is God. And what he's saying, listen, your life's going to change. And if you remain in me, you can't help but bear fruit. There is, there is no like, well, I'm not bearing fruit here. No, when you remain in Christ, it's inevitable to, not to bear fruit. There is something happening. You are bearing fruit. Now, you can say like, you know what, the quantity and the quality may be different, but you are bearing fruit. If you are not remaining in Christ, there's no fruit in your life. And so here in Galatians, we get to these two lists. There are two things that you either will be manifesting, two things that you will either be uh, indulging in. And the fruit... Is as we read. Let's read in verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Somebody say avi. They're avi. Sexual morality, impurity, and debauchery. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Yes, the Bible said orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before. That those that live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit. Somebody say the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, a God-led life, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, also known as patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no 
law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. I want to talk to you about this issue because here's the thing. As a pastor, as a leader, we come to church, we're very aware of the things we do wrong. Ever notice that whenever you come to Christ, the Bible says that he's holy, he has no sin, he has done nothing wrong. When you come to Christ, you're so aware of all the things, of all your flaws. And many of us in our Christian walk, sometimes we rely on our own strength and we don't abide in Christ and we don't allow him to work in our life. And what happens is we try to do things in our own strength and the result is the acts of the flesh. Man, I don't mean to live like this. I don't mean to do this. But man, I find myself in this place. Are you abiding in Christ? I'm going to church. You can do all the great things of going to church, reading your Bible. But abiding in Christ is a heart condition. Abiding in Christ isn't more of the, the what can I do, fill my list. And, and, I, and I look at the church and the younger generation, and, and this is what God is calling us to do, to be passionate for him. Be so on fire, crazy in love for Jesus. But many of the times we take our eyes off of God. I'm going to ask you a question. What in this place, if Jesus is divine, he said, man, remain in me. What in this place is taking your attention from Christ? What is taking your heart's attention from loving God with all that you have? Man, you know, Adam, that's not, people don't do that no more. We just come to church, you just got to be cool. You just got to find the balance. You see, if you're talking like that, it's because something's already won the battle of your heart. Something's already won the, 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 the love of what you have inside of you. You see, the, the answer to a, 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 a life that's, man, you know what I want, God, I want to see God do things in my life, is not saying, man, I'm going to go more church. It's more Jesus. It's more Jesus time. Man, I'm going to ask you this question, and think about it right now in your own hearts. You don't have to raise your hand and answer. We're not going to do that right now. But I want you to bring it to the forefront of your mind. Are you crazy in love with Jesus like the first day he saved you? When you knew, man, you know what? There's no way I could have done this on my own. Are you just barely making it by, or maybe you're just saying, I don't even know this Jesus, so I don't love him. Ask yourself that question. Are you passionately in love with Jesus? Yes, is the fruit there in everything that you do? In everything that you do. I want to bring your attention to this, this story. It's found in John in closing. We're not going to read it because it's a, it's a fairly longer story. But I want to talk to you about a guy who, who really had nothing going for him. I mean, nothing. And it's found in John chapter 9. If you guys want to turn there, you guys can see what I'm prefacing. But if we can get Layla on the keys, we're going to be closing up in a little bit. I ask you this question because I think in a time where our society... And, and people in your life will try to get you to dumb it down, to shut up and not be so crazy for Jesus. I don't think the answer is just more church. I don't think the answer is more of, of like functions. I think the answer is people being passionate for God. I, I, I surely believe that the condition of how people are toward Jesus Christ is going to change this world. Not a giant church service. Church services are good. 
Let's keep on coming. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> but what I'm saying is your heart condition. Man, when you wake up in the morning, do you think like, man, God, you're so good. God, you're awesome. You know, it blessed me this morning. I, this morning I woke up. I was awake. And, um, you know, even though I'm 24 now, I was, I was woken up to my parents singing me happy birthday. My dad on the bed and my dad with a guitar. And he's, they're singing in Spanish. And I'm just like, okay, here we go. I'm trying to fall asleep. I'm trying to pick the snooze. There's no snooze on that. They're still like, happy birthday. No, they sing a song like, like feliz, feliz, cum. it's like, that'll wake you up. Feliz, feliz cumpleaños, te deseamos para ti, que Dios up. And they're singing it, and um, it's so funny there. I love them. But uh, that woke me up, and I just, it was, it touched my heart. Like, that little thing, when they left, just took my attention to Jesus. Man, I'm alive. Another year of life. Man, when they left him, I just got to my knees. I'm just like, God, man, I thank you for your love in my life. And then I, I don't know what it was, but it was just the Holy Spirit just filling me with the desire for Jesus to know him more in 24 than what I knew him back in the last past 23 years. And I woke up this morning just like, man, that is awesome. I want it more and more and more and more. And he was stirring my heart. It was stirring my heart. And I began to worship him with my mouth and with my desires. And God, I want you in my life. It wasn't like, man, after that moment, like, I got to get more church in me. <laughs> I was like, no, I want to praise him more. I want that to reflect in my life now. And, and here's this man in John chapter 9. He was blind from birth. Think about that. He's a little older in life, and you really need to see in order to be able to do things. It's not like today for blind men, they can somewhat be functional because now we've adjusted to them. We've done things so that they can, you know, feel in place and also be a part of society. And back in the day, I mean, there was no technology to help them out. There was like, you're blind, too bad. He had nothing going for him. I mean, even his parents disown him and here he is by the side of the street and Jesus comes up to him I love Jesus he loves to come to the helpless and, and he's walking by and just asks the guy hey do you want to see he's like yeah but I've been blind since birth and he's like ain't a problem for me your problems no matter what they are ain't a problem for God but God, you don't understand. No, 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 no. But God, you don't understand. I, I've been coming to church and I know him. And man, I've just, I don't love him as I used to do. And it's, I don't get excited as for youth group as I used to before. And, but God, you don't, ain't no problem too big for God. And here's Jesus walking up to this man. And don't do this if, unless God tells you to. But he picks up dirt, right? And he spits on it. And he makes mud. And he begins to rub it on the man's eyes. Amen. And I just, if I was one of the disciples, I would have been like, okay, Jesus, you heal people casting out demons. That's just weird. You know what I mean? I don't know what it would have been like, but Jesus goes on the floor, picks up dirt, spits in it, rubs it in the man's eye, and then he gives him this, this instruction. Go and wash yourself. And I love that man. He could have just said, did you just spit in my eyes? Jesus, you're going to go spit in my eyes? What's wrong with you? He probably could have heard the probably Jesus. He's like, I won't trust. And he goes, the Bible says, so the man went and washed, and he came home seeing. He came home seeing. People, his neighbors, those who had formerly seen him begging, asked, but isn't the man, isn't the man who used to sit there and beg? 
Others said, no, he only looks like him, but he himself insisted, no, I am that man. How then when your eyes open, they asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. And so I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked him. I don't know. Here's something great had just happened in his life. He can see. Imagine it for you. You have no vision for your entire life. Your whole life, you're begging, asking people to, uh, for a hand up. Can you please help me? Can you please help me? Imagine that life. How pathetic even in his own mind he must have felt. How small, minute, how people might have treated him. And here is Jesus coming along saying, seeing this person, knowing his frustration, comes up to him and says, hey, you want to see? Yeah man goes and does what Jesus says and he can see and and his excitement he's just like oh my gosh this is really happening is that the guy yes the guy it's me it's me where's this Jesus guy then uh uh I don't know it's a good where is he man have you felt in your life coming to church or maybe not coming to church you ever ask yourself man where's this Jesus and I've been at this for a while, and I just don't see the fruit that what I'm supposed to see, and, 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 and I'm not passionate as I used to be before. Where's Jesus? I just don't see him like I used to. Here is this man, and the story goes like this. They investigate because now there's this, this clamor, there's this news about this Jesus person. He's going, he's putting mud in people's eyes, and people can see now. And the Pharisees, the religious people of the time, like, man, that ain't true. They're trying to shoot down everything that has to do with Jesus. That ain't true. So they bring the man in for questioning. They bring him in for questioning. It's like, okay, what happened to you? Tell us the story. Hey, you know what? This is what happened. Jesus came along. He spit on some mud. He put it on my eyes. And I can see now. They did not believe him. They said, man, this guy is lying. You were singing your entire life. You're just someone that's going, spreading all these lies, causing all this ruckus. You ain't, you lying. So what do they do? They get the guy's parents. I love this. I want to read this to you. Here he is. Verse 20 says, we know he is our son, the parents answer. So they're on trial and. I love this. And we know he was born blind. But how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. The parents were getting afraid because they knew that this Jesus, he was causing trouble, or at least to the Pharisees. But now they're like, you know what? We have nothing to do with this. you got to ask him yourself because you know what? He was born blind and he is our son. That's all we know. We ain't, we ain't saying nothing for this Jesus. you got to ask him. And so a second time, they summoned the man who had been born blind. He says, give glory to God. The Pharisees are saying this to religious people. Give glory to God and tell us the truth. We know this man is a sinner talking about Jesus. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I do know, I was born blind, but now I see. And they further interrogate him. And they start gnashing their teeth like, you're a liar, you're a liar, you're a liar. And they kick him out. Kick him out of the temple. Here he is, almost in the same position, on the streets with nobody. Even his parents said, man, you know what? You can talk for himself. We ain't got his back. On the street, but now he can see. But he doesn't know who the one that did it. 
but Jesus. Somebody say, but Jesus. But Jesus heard that they were, had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Talking to the blind man. The blind man said, who is he, sir? The man asked, tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking to you. I love this reaction because it's the reaction of a man who's passionate for Jesus. It's the reaction of a man who can see, man, you know, I had nothing and now I have everything. And they're seeing God in person. The man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Man, I don't know. It doesn't say exactly what he did, but I can just imagine he's sitting on the floor and he's looking up after being thrown up and Jesus is there walking alongside like, do you believe in the Son of Man? He's like, yeah, I, I want to know about this guy. Tell me so that I can know you're talking to him. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he gets to his feet. Gets to his feet. And I, and I, I don't want to say at that very moment, Man, every excuse that he could say, man, my life's not worth anything. Every thought that he had in his mind that's not going to amount, there's no purpose, came back and his passion was restored and he worshipped him. He worshipped Jesus. Imagine that scene. The disciples are around and this man's on his feet just shouting, I praise you, God. Jesus being right in front of him. Would you stand to your feet for me, please? I don't think it's an issue of Jesus being hard to find. I think it's an issue of us losing our passion. Us looking and evaluating our life. And let's be honest. If Jesus were to come and say, how's it going? Some of us would be saying, it's not going so good. I, I just don't know what happened. And Jesus is here tonight to say, man, let me restore that passion. That first love in your life. Amen. Come on, let's close our eyes in prayer. I don't know anything else to do but then to come to God. It's not in the amount of songs that we're going to sing. But it's in your heart. What is your reaction in your heart going to be here tonight? What are you going to say, man, you know what? For, for me coming to God and being passionate and sold out and loving Jesus. I mean, some of us may find ourselves like the blind man. We may be spiritually blind or maybe some other things have taken our attention, our focus off from God. Maybe wanting to be in a relationship with that guy. Or maybe hanging out with these friends. Or maybe the way you are perceived by other people. Or, or maybe this, or maybe that, or maybe this hobby, maybe that. And your passion for God has gone right out the window and it's been replaced by something else. And you're spiritually blind. And the fruit of the Lord, of the life that's led by the Spirit, is not evidence and you're quick to get angry. And you're falling into sin. You're being prideful. You're struggling with sexual impurity, immorality. God is speaking to your heart right now. This is what I want you to do. I want you to ask God, God, search my heart right now. I want to be passionate for you. I wonder if it's your first time here or maybe you got to say this to yourself because you've been here for a while. You just... You yourself say, man, I'm not saved. I'm going to be honest with myself. I ain't even saved. We want to give you the opportunity to come to Jesus. Here, just take the next minute. Come on. Next minute, search your heart. Let God speak to you. Father, I just pray, Lord, the Holy Spirit, you come speak to their heart. Come on.
This isn't a talent show like who can seem the most Christian. This is a time for us to be broken and saying, God, there is no fruit. God, the only thing I got going for me is, is my rebellion. The only thing I got going for me is my lack of passion. Come on, you can surrender that to God. Come on, and as you begin to open up your heart in this place. God, we open up our hearts. Come on. Come on. Gotta open up our hearts right now in this place. Come on, 30 more seconds. sometimes we expect the overnight process and change and God does come in our hearts and the Holy Spirit does does live in us man a lot of the times he's working it out through our character and many of us we get so con condemned because our character hasn't lined up what we're looking at is like man it's I suck at being a Christian right now with all eyes closed in this place I believe God is wanting to restore your passion he never said, if you look to yourself, you'll find the answer to life. He said, if you abide in me, come on, if you remain in me, I will remain in you. Is there anybody in here who has gone through some fights, who has fell, but has gotten back up and saying, man, I want to remain in Christ no matter what happens in my life, through the good, through the bad. I'm going to wake up every morning saying, God, I give it to you. And God, when I don't have the strength, God, I fall to my knees and I ask you for your strength. Is there anybody in this place who is saying, man, God, no matter what it takes, no matter if my family rejects me, if my friends, my co-workers, they make fun of me, I will remain in you. Is there anybody in this place? that's willing to lay it all down and say, God, whatever it takes, I will bear fruit, I will live for you. Come on right now on the count of three, I want you just to come from where you're at. And as Ellie prepares a song, we're just gonna close out in prayer. And if I can have some of my elders and deacons just come and pray. Also have Stephen Carmen just come behind some of the youth and pray with them. One, because everybody has their downfalls. Two, because there's a God who believes and is so willing to restore you. And three, because your passion for your first love is returning to you. Come on up. One, two, three. Come on up to these altars and pray. Come on. Come on, I just want some of my leaders to come behind them and start praying. Come on, if you can specifically pray for the passion of the Lord in their life, for the fruit of the Lord, for the fruit of the Spirit. Come on. What can I do with my obsession? 
Isn't wind and blow 